Hi, my name is Allison Gamber. I'm the Executive Director for the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Our office is located in Meriden and we provide services throughout Connecticut. We are so excited to be having a virtual event coming up, the Hope and Healing Virtual Auction and Celebration. The auction will be held April 22nd to the 24th and the celebration will be held on the evening of April 24th to talk all about the Cove services and what we've accomplished over the last 26 years. If you'd like to join us for the celebration, registration is free and you can find all that information on www.covect.org and the link for the virtual auction will be put up there on the evening of April 21st to start auction, live auctioning on April 22nd. So come and join us to celebrate the Cove and raise some funds so we can continue to offer our programs free of charge. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And usually, I know you guys want us to get into sports, and, and usually that's what we do when we, when we start. But today's a little bit different because of what happened yesterday, and uh, we got to discuss the Derek Chauvin, Chauvin trial. Uh, he, was, uh, he was found guilty of uh, second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. And it was a great day for our country yesterday, a great day for our country it showed that we're moving forward. And you saw all the tweets from all the athletes yesterday, from LeBron James, here's Stan Van Gundy's comments, everybody, everybody, Tom Brady put up an Instagram story that just justice had been served for George Floyd. And it absolutely was. I mean, what happened last, what happened last May was absolutely, was absolutely disgusting to see uh, Derek Chauvin's th- uh, uh, knee on George Floyd's throat was absolutely disgusting. And there needed to be a uh, just justice needed to be served. And it absolutely was yesterday. And, and uh, the jury absolutely got this one right. They absolutely got this one right. He, Chauvin definitely should have been guilty of all three charges, and he was. And it just it just was a great day for America. Yes, we have a long way to go, but yesterday was a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he absolutely should have been found guilty on through all three accounts. There's no question about it. Um, yeah, it's a, it was a good day for the country. You know, yeah, you, you know, you said it, taking that next step. You know, obviously, we still you now have ways to go. To, you know, stop all of it. But yeah, you know, yesterday was a good day to, um, you know, moving forward on. Um, yeah, it was totally, um, yeah, disgraceful to see what, you know, um, what happened that day back, you know, a year ago, about a year ago. So, you know, it's obviously, yeah, it was a good day for the country. They made the right call, you know, the jury made the right decision. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, we're, you know, that's the first step of, trying to um end all all this violence you know so we got the first step then now it's you know trying to continue it and and, you know making sure we get rid of it all absolutely and 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 there's a long way to go but yesterday showed you i don't care it doesn't matter what your rank is if you're a police officer there's there's no right to do what do what you would 
there's no right to do what you did. There's no right at all to do what you did. You can, even though you're in a position of authority as a, as a police officer, you cannot do that at all. And that's unacceptable. And, and it shows accountability. And as, as now, and as now police officers have to have that kind of accountability, if you're going to do that, especially it's to, to, to anyone, I don't, I don't care what color of their skin it is to anybody to, to you, you don't, you don't put your, uh, your knee on their throat. I, 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 I don't care. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what happens. So I don't care what, what the situation is you should you should you, there, there, there there's a there's a better way to do to go about things than do that so uh, you know all the credit to the jury yesterday just like i said and uh definitely is a is a step in the right direction i mean yeah last all year long we've been talking about social injustice Th- yesterday our country started to come closer together for the first time in a while yeah absolutely it, it did and you know the kind of see area yeah you know you talk about seeing all the posts about you know justice for you now george Floyd and all that yeah absolutely you know it's you know yeah there's no you know no reason of you know for yeah there's absolutely no reason to yeah you know put your knee on on somebody's neck no matter who they are or, you know it just doesn't matter yeah it's, it's a good day to move forward um and they kind of I mean, it's, yeah, you said it, bring us a little bit closer together, but absolutely, we still have a long way to go um, to get rid of it all, to, you know, end it. Absolutely, absolutely. And we just hope yesterday is a step in, in the right direction, and I, and I feel like it absolutely was. But we're going to get into sports, and, we get, and we're, we're going to start with baseball. We're going to get into baseball, and we're going to start with the Yankees. And they have re- – even, even though they won last night, they have really, really been struggling, this Yankees team. I mean, outside of Garrett Cole, their, the depth in their rotation has not been good. Uh, uh, the, the lineup, that has not been good. Judge has not had a good year. Uh, Stanton's been terrible. Uh, Torres has been terrible. Uh, Sanchez hasn't been good. Really, outside of LeMayu, and then Urshela hit that home run last night. Outside of LeMayu and Urshela, Hicks has been awful. Uh, Frazier's been awful. This lineup has been absolutely terrible, and they're 25th in runs scored, and uh, that's a problem for a lineup we thought was going to be, you know, top five in runs scored. Right now, it's in the bottom ten in runs scored, and and uh, that's that's really been, I think, the biggest issue because we kind of thought with the rotation, the rotation would be a little bit shaky. The bullpen has been a pleasant surprise with Zach Britton out, but the lineup has been the biggest disappointment for this team. This lineup has been at, has been absolutely terrible so far. And if it, it is the biggest, yes, I know the depth in the rotation is not good, but the lineup is the biggest reason why this team is where they are at six and ten. Oh, absolutely! It's I, I saw a very concerning number last night. So since 2019, you you, you know what Glaber Torres averages and bases loaded? What? Three what is it? Twenty-five. Oh, One ninety. That's terrible. That's and really, since 2019, Torres has not been good at all. No, he's really showed. I know last year, okay, it was a shortened season. You know, he didn't come in shape, but it's concerning, you know. Look, last year, too, they were 33-27. and 27. I know it was injuries and all that, but it wasn't like they were killing it last year in 60 games. You know, they they struggled. And, I, you know, I also saw, too, their second – you know, they've seen the second – the least amount of fastball this year behind the Texas Rangers. And, and what's been the Yankees' kryptonite the last year? It's the off-speed pitches. They can't hit off-speed, and they still can't. And it's like they, they, you know, they're trying to run pitchers' counts up, and it's like they, they miss a fastball right down the middle, and it's they're just looking at it. So yeah, I, you know, the, the lineup been awful. I don't know why Gio's not hitting third. Gio's the only one that should be batting third. In this yeah, last night he had Gardner hitting third. I mean, I don't care yeah. about the righty lefty thing. Put Gio up there. Yeah, he's been actually Gio's actually been hitting. He's been one of the few guys who's been hitting. I mean, yeah. Gardner at hitting two fourteen is hitting number three in the lineup. Makes no sense at all. 
No. And, and it's, you know, and obviously that's really the only, because it's like nobody in this line of, you know, hating. So it's like you really can't change everything around, but that's the one spot. It's like Gio should not be batting. He, he was batting eight last night. It's like he's been your best hitter, Boone. What are we doing here? You know, I would hope he moves up tonight. Um, you know, like I just it's it's been horrible. It's not been fun to watch. It's like they get down and it's like you don't you you know, there's like a sense of they're not coming back. It's you know, in Hicks, yeah, it, the field in the field Sunday. You know, it, it's starting to affect them in the field. I know he got he sat down last night, you know, he came in to pitch hit for Gardner. Um, but yeah, like last night they won, but it's they didn't get a big hit. It was a pass ball and a walk. It's like, yeah, yeah, we got pretty, lucky yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, pretty much they got lucky. Yeah. And really they had yeah. bases loaded, nobody out with the score one, one, one. And if it wasn't for that walk, uh, that Mike Ford, that, the, the, uh, that walk t- uh, to Mike Ford, they wouldn't have had, any, they would, they would have had one run. I mean, you had the two, you had the two pop outs uh, with the, with, with runners in scoring position. It's still, the offense is still a real, I mean, who would have thought the offense would be this big of a problem? I, I did. It. It's, it's, it's very concerning. And, yeah, it's been it's been awful. It really has. And Saturday, Montgomery pitched really well. He made two bad pitches up in the zone, two solo shots. That's all the Rays got. And then last night, Tyone looked really good. You know, Tyone he looks like he really found a uh, groove last night. You know, two he got the no decision. They won, but it's like he, you know, Cole was great too on Sunday, and he picked up the L. Uh, like. Yeah, you know, I, I think Montgomery wasn't great on Saturday. He did, he did give up three earned runs. But yeah, Tyone was good and uh and uh and Cole pitched pretty well on, on Sunday. I'll give you I'll give you he didn't that. get help from his defense, but yeah, that was the problem, yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's it's very concerning. And and this was I was thinking too. I think there's with all the Yankee fans too kind of and it is concerning, but I, I think too with the Red Sox, the way they've started out of the gates, I know we'll talk about them in a minute. I think it's you know, really by the Yankee fans. And then what do what do all Yankee fans want too? We all want all stars at every position. And that's what the Dodgers have. And look what the Dodgers are doing. And I think none of our guys are performing like all stars for the most part. And I, you know, I think it's really, really bugging a lot of Yankee fans, which, you know, I, I get this is a team that should not be six and ten or whatever they are. And I it, it's it's a it's it's awful. Yeah, I mean it's a team. It was a team with with high expectations, really. I mean, this was a team, in my opinion, that if uh, if Aaron Boone didn't get to the World Series this year, he would be gone. I mean, if he does, I mean, right now this is the way things are going. This this should be his last year as manager, but we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, what ends up happening the rest of the season? But I mean, for the way things are going now, he should not be the manager of this team. This team is just just, just underperformed completely. Yeah, and really, the only guy who's really it's it's really it's been Gio and it's been Lemayo. Lemayo is the only all star and only potential all star on this team. That's it. That's it. I mean, Judge has not been hit, hitting well. Stanton three strikeouts on Saturday. He's here in the booze at Yankee Stadium. He's been terrible. Gary Sanchez. I mean, Joe needs to stop talking about him being the best catcher in baseball because he's not. Jaleber uh, uh, Torres obviously has not been good at all. So this lineup has really struggled. There's no depth outside of Garrett Cole in this rotation. I know Tyone pitched well last night, but that was only five innings. They got to hope that Severino comes back, you know, maybe June or July and is and can, can be good off coming off Tommy John surgery. And we got a comment from Vinny. The Red Sox are for real, for real Yankees. He's pitching help. And, Vin, and Vinny's 100% right about that. Mm-hmm. As, as, yeah, Vinny's a Red Sox fan. And he's, and he's kind of rubbing it a little bit, but he's, he says the Red Sox are for real Yankees. He's pitching help. But he's 100% right about that. Uh, the Yankees definitely need pitching help. I mean, uh, really, I mean, uh, Tyone was has been okay. 
think that was a good step last night. I think yeah, it was a good step for Tyone, but Tyone's been okay. Uh, 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 Kluber's been awful. Uh, Montgomery has been okay, and we all know Herman is 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 back is is off the, is back at the alternative site. So it's you been really. What do you say? You want to get to? You can get to. I'll say it after. Yeah, so so it's just it just yeah they definitely need help they definitely need, need some pitching help either have Luis Severino come back and hopefully he is your number two starter or they're gonna have to make a move at the trade deadline. What about Michael King? Michael King King's been great. I didn't understand I that decision Friday. That, that's another that's another decision. Yeah, yeah. When they pitched Nick Nelson instead of him, yeah. Michael King's been great, and even I out of these. yeah, yeah, yeah. And even you can give Debbie Car- Dar- Garcia a shot too. Yeah, him too. Him so, too. Yeah. I, I don't. It's like the it's like. Because, you know, obviously the Yankees have not been able to develop pitching the last few years, you know, and it's, you know, and we finally have a couple guys that you feel like could be franchise guys, but it's like they don't, they're too afraid to give them the start, it feels like. Yeah, um, and it's something I don't really don't get. I don't really get why they don't give Michael King a start, a start, and I don't get why they don't give Debbie Garcia a start. We got another comment from Vinny. With that said, get it to Chapman, and it's a wrap. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, Chapman has been really good, and the Yankee bullpen has been really good. That's been the one strength yeah. of the team this year. If they could somehow get uh, get a lead to this to this bullpen like they did uh, a couple uh, about a week ago against Toronto, and then uh, last night they could definitely they, they definitely could win the game. The problem is, is these starters are not giving leads to this bullpen. They're usually losing, and their offense can't come back from any deficit. So that's why mm-hmm. they're sitting where they're sitting right now. Yeah, now, yeah, because yeah, Chapman. You know, 13 of the 19 batters he's faced that struck an out. And that splitter is just unhittable that he added. So, yeah, you know, Chapman, it's like, you know, you, you know, he's going to close out games in the ninth inning. You got it. You know, he's going to finish it out for us. So they got to figure out a way to get to him. But, yeah, you know, Green's been good. Licky came in last night, you know, in a tie game, and I thought pitched pretty well. Uh, they got it. You know, Wilson got him. You know, got out of the jam with Freeman. Yeah, that's um, big. That's big of Justin Wilson got out of that jam with with Freddie Freeman up. That was big. That was big. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, so, so, was... so the bullpen has been the pleasant surprise. Without Zach Britton, it has clearly been the strength of this team so far. Yeah, it's like yeah. So it's like if they can just get five, six innings out of starters every night. But the yeah, with, with this lineup right now, it's like they got to keep it under less than two runs. And you would think going in, it's like you could afford to give up like three to four runs, and you still feel pretty good. But right now, it's you can't. You gotta, you know, you gotta keep it under three. Unfortunately for this offense, it's kind of like you want to keep saying this offense is gonna wake at wake up at some point, but it's like I just their at bats are just horrible, and it's like none of the and you know when we talk about the Red Sox, Tuna saying it's like the Red Sox have been making adjustments at the plate. I don't see it from the Yankees. I just don't. The and, last and that's the concerning part. There's been one game. I think the last like. Uh, like seven or eight games, they've scored more than uh, they've scored more than uh, five runs. That, that was that Sunday game in extra innings against the Rays, and they only had four runs going into extra innings. So, yeah, the this offense has just has really just been has been really disappointing so far. And they don't have the pitching, they don't have the depth in the rotation to make up for it. And that's why they're and I, like else I've said I've said like I've said that's why they're sitting where they're sitting. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are, and it's concerning. And then yeah, and then you know. With Boone, too, it, you know, going back to that for a second, I get, you know, the thing is, it's like, you know, I know he had the meeting Friday night and they said he's angry, but it's like, he's not that type of guy where it's like, they kind of just, I, cause yeah, it worked for two innings on Saturday, but they couldn't really knock out glass now. He's not the guy to rattle the bat rack. He's not the guy to, you know, to, 
to get into you. And I, and I, they, they, they need that. They need somebody like that right now. And Boone's really not that guy. And it's, you know, it's kind of been trickling down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just feels like at times the team doesn't, just doesn't care. Yeah. Like they're just going, it just, it just seems like they're just going through the motions. Yeah. I, you know, and I hate questioning guys hearts, you know, because I, you know, all these professional actors, you know, they, you know, they, they, you know, they know they care, but it it does seem like they just, they act like they, they don't really care. I know judge, I think it was Sunday was not happy after his third or fourth strike on, on Sunday going back to the dugout. And it's like, that was really the first time I've ever, you know, I've seen one of these hitters actually show some emotion, you know, yep. and I, I know nowadays strikeouts, they don't matter like they used to, but, but still it's like, you got to put the bat on the ball and, and do something. And yeah, they, they need, they need, uh, they need an energy. They, they need something. They need a spark. Like, you know, again, maybe I'm talking like a crazy Yankee fan here, but I don't think it would be out of the question to go, go, go get like a package of, uh, of Jeremy Marquise and Trevor Swear from Colorado. Cause it's like, they need a jolt of something. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they do. Yeah. And I don't think it would be outrageous. Cause you know, price. Cause Trevor Swear is going to be a free agent. I think Marquise is under control for another two years, maybe three, maybe. So again, I, you know, that's something that I was thinking about, but they need a, they need a jolt from somebody. Cause boy's not coming back to May. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously with Jay, Jay Bruce is retired now and Mike Ford's up. So Mike Ford's got to step up because Jay Bruce, when he was playing, was not doing the job. No, no, unfortunately he had that big home run or not big. home. I mean, he had the two run single back like the second game of the year. And then he had a solo shot. The the funny thing with the funny thing with Mike Ford is I always think of Ted Keese. Because you know him, Joe and Trevor, like two years ago, were talking on the roll call, and and I said, and I said, I commented, Mike Ford wasn't any good, and then Mike Ford hit a game-winning home run, and <laughs> like August of that year, and then Ted Keys, uh, you know, he he he, he uh, basically messages me and says, "How's Mike? How, how do you like Mike Ford now?" And I always think of Ted <laughs> Keys, <laughs> I think of Mike Ford because he like he brought up this random player, you know. He said like I kind of like Mike Ford. I'm like Mike Ford's terrible, and then he hits the home run, and he started playing well from from there yeah. from there on out. They playing well. I don't know why they waited to bring him up, but because I don't know how they he was not better than Jay Bruce, but because you could see deep at the proof last night too. He made a nice play the night thing with that pop up. I think he made a nice. It was the first second inning. Made a nice scoop over there. First, like his defense looks like it's improved. So, you know, again, hopefully he gives us something with a bat. I think he will at some point. But yeah, you know, I, I've always liked Mike Ford. I like, I like the mustache. It's weird to see a Yankee with facial hair. It's I know, very, I know. Very rare. Yeah, they usually don't. Back when oh. George was there, he would have made the, He would have made him shave it during the game. Oh, he yeah. wouldn't have cared. He wouldn't have cared. Oh yeah, no, he would not. That's the other thing. Hicks too. George Hicks probably would have been traded at five o'clock on Sunday evening. Probably, probably. probably. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably, probably, probably. So we'll look at the uh, road ahead for the Yankees. And uh, tonight it's uh, Corey Kluber against Ian Anderson for the Braves. They got their second game of their two-game series against the Braves. Uh, Anderson. Do you, do you remember his uh, yeah debut last year? I think Boyd was the only one that got a hit off him. Wow, wow. Which is very scary. Wow. Uh, and then we got the four-game series in Cleveland. You got Montgomery against Allen. Uh, Cole on Friday night against McKenzie. Uh, Bieber pitching Saturday. The Yankees haven't announced a starter. That should be a, maybe a spot for you know a Michael King. That should be that'd be a nice spot spot for a Michael King there. That'd be a nice spot for him there. Uh, and then you got uh, Tyone against uh, against Plesac. So so uh, this is a series. I think for, for, I think I think the Yankees in these next five games at least need to win three of them. They need to win three of them. You know these are these are this is I mean the Braves. 
they're lucky that the, they're lucky that the Braves don't have Acuna. Uh, the the Indians are not a great team, especially offensively. So they they really, I think this. I think tonight's going to be a tough game because you got Aaron Anderson against Kluber. But this Indian series in Cleveland, they got to take three out of four. Definitely, they they have to. I don't know if they if they will, but you, you know you hope at some point. But yeah, I, I think the Indians could be good for them because I it could be a pretty low scoring series all around. Because yeah, the Indian offense hasn't been great. They're they're at eight and eight right now. So um, yeah, it's it's a big series. You know, you got to be able to win with Coles there. Look, I know they got the Bieber right now last year in the playoffs, but the way they're hitting right now, yeah, you yeah, know, you can't go off with the way they were hitting at that point uh, yeah. last year to, to to right now. So. Yeah, yeah Bieber is going to be a very tough matchup uh, for the Yankees, uh, seeing the way the Yankees are hitting. Yeah, so and again, the Indians have a good bullpen too. So they, again, they get behind as well. It's it could be very problematic. So yeah, they got to they got to be able to score some runs um, against the Indians pitching to feel comfortable because you know again the Yankees bullpen should be able to you know to shut them down if their starters can do enough. Um, but yeah, they you know they I, it is they do have to win three of the three of the next four because then you go to Baltimore after that and you know you know Baltimore's yeah, it, not great. Schedule is very favorable because they got Baltimore uh, on the road and then they they host the Tigers. Absolutely. So the schedule is is favorable definitely after the Cleveland series and they should take care of business against Cleveland if they're going to be a top team in the American League this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I know Cleveland's probably going to you know I did you know probably going to be trying to get the, one of those wild card spots, but yeah, it's a team. That's has a really good pitching staff, but it's yeah, the offensive struggle. Um, they usually do pretty well, you know, against the Indians, I feel like. So, I think, you know, past history, they've, they've done well against Cleveland. And yeah, this is, this is a big series to really kind of see, you know, it may be good for them too to get out of New York. It, it may to get out the booze, you know, get get away from kind of the fans for, for a week and just get on the road. I, I think could definitely help them too be able yeah. to go to Cleveland and take some. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got to move on to Vinny's team, the Red Sox, and uh, they right now twelve and six, uh, best record in the American League. And the biggest difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees is, is, uh, is the offense. The Red Sox right now number one in runs scored, t- t- first in all of baseball in runs scored. The Yankees twenty fifth in baseball and runs scored. Uh, the Red Sox they got all their big guys hitting. Bogarts has been great. Uh, JD JD right now is the AL MVP early, but he's the AL MVP right now. Uh, Rafael Devers has been hit, hit, hitting the ball well. Uh, and uh, Alex Verdugo has been hitting the ball well. Uh, and Christian Vasquez has been hitting the ball well. So they've been really hitting. They, they, their offense has been on – they've been on fire offensively. And they've done it against two really good starters the last two games. They did it against Giolito on Monday on Patriots Day. And they did it against uh, – they, 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 they did it against uh, Rayu last night. So they've been doing it against good pitchers. And their starting pitching has been surprisingly good. You know, Evaldi's been good. Erod's 3-0. Uh, Pavetta has been pretty good. Uh, and then their bullpen, Matt Barnes, they found a closer in Matt Barnes. So this Red Sox team right now, let, let's just admit it. This team's going to be in it for, they're going to be in it for the long haul. They're going to be in it till September. I don't know if they're going to be a play. They, they got the best record in the American league right now. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but this team definitely will be in contention. Uh, I think until late September, the way that, the way their offense, the way they've been hitting the ball, they're hitting, they're hitting a lot better than they were last. They really hit. They were okay. They were pretty good offensively last year. They're the best in baseball right now offensively this year. Their pitching is much improved, and they got a closer. That's the recipe to stay to, to at least stay in a race uh, until until September. And 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 if this continues, they're definitely going to be a playoff team and have a very good chance of, of staying in first place and winning the AL East. 
Yeah, 100%. Definitely. You know, again, they got swept to Baltimore. It was kind of like, all right, season's over. You know, you oh, kind I of thought after like that sweep against year. Baltimore, it was going to be a long year for the Sox. I thought it was going to be a long yeah. year. And then they swept Tampa Bay. Remember, remember that game? Yeah. They had that, that game where they were losing They were losing a couple times nice. in their last at-bat like in the ninth inning and, and in the tenth yeah. inning, and they came back and they won that game. I, we even said – this this team is this, this that showed a lot about this team that showed you that things were going to be different this year and now they're even taking it next level you know split splitting with the White Sox you know and then beat then then beat them beating the Blue Jays last night they're taking this thing next level now Alex Cora has done a great job so far uh, coming back I mean I don't like saying as a Yankee fan that the Red Sox are playing are playing really well but I got to admit they've done a really good job so far yeah it, they have you know Cora has and and you know Cora's come in too and. and the team just, you know, and another kind of difference I see from the scene in the Yankees, it, it, the team just has fun. You know, they, they just have fun with each other. They just have fun playing the game. And I know it's, you know, you're not totally that funny, you're losing. But even like the first, second inning, the Yankees be tie game. It's just like they're kind of just lifeless. You know, yeah, this, the, the this, Red Sox are into This it. Red Sox team, very similar to the one, the, the, the Sox team in 2013, and very similar to this Yankee team in 2017, where they're having a lot yeah. of fun and they have really good chemistry. And I think this thing's going to last throughout the season. Yeah, I do too. You know, again, guys hit a home run and they're and they're throwing guys in the laundry cart and throwing them around in the, in the dugout. <laughs> you know, like they're just having fun. And it too, I know I said we were talking the Yankees. It's like the first time around, they may not get much going. It's the second time around, they all make adjustments. They all, you know, again, I don't know if it's you know they're watching video. I, I think it's management. I think I think it's I think it's the manager. Yeah. I think I think Alex Cora makes them. All right, you're not your at bat was bad the first time around. Watch the tape and make it better the second time around. Aaron Boone's probably not doing that. Alex Cora is probably making those players do that. I mean, yeah, say what you want about Alex Cora and the cheating scandal and everything, but the guy's a really good manager. Yeah, yes, yeah, you know he's done a great job, and you know, again, yeah, and he's made a total difference this year than the last. You know, with Renicky, and you know, again, the substitute teacher. I think last year Renicky. Now, now you get your teacher back, and his team's just having fun. And I think the veteran too that they've gotten. Like, they're just guys, too, that just, you know, they've been saying just really like and love the game. They love playing with this team. And it's kind of – they just kind of brought a positive kind of, um, you know, kind of mindset to the Boston. And I it, it think it's it's really helped. And, it's you know, yeah, Bogart's hit his first home run last night in a big one. He, you know, a three-run shot that put him ahead. Like, you know, again, you know he's going to be a 25-run home run hitter at some he'll, – he'll get there at some point. Um, you know, throughout the years, it, yeah, with Martinez, the rotation, then Garrett Whitlock, you remember him as a you know, he, he was the Yankees farm man. You I know, never even heard of him, pick. yeah, I never even yeah. heard of him. In, in, I think he got called up maybe for like a game out of the bullpen, but I don't think he pitched in it, I believe. Um, like two years ago, I think last year, Tommy John, and I think you know, the Red Sox picked him up in the rule five, and that you know, he's been great. And next year, they're saying he'll he'll be in the rotation with them next year. Um, so it's like, again, like they just, they found kind of pieces, um, you know, in Barnes, yeah, Barnes has been lights out. It's just, it, it's, you know, it's just, they, yeah, they put it together and it's, you know, I, again, I was sitting there that I had to do the Easter game. I was sitting there laughing down there, down like 10 to two. And I was just laughing. I'm like, it's gonna be a long year for these guys. And I'm going to enjoy it, but they, they, they have caught fire since. Yeah. They've got the hose were probably going crazy on Red Sox review after that game. Oh yeah, Barrett. Yeah, Barrett was not. Oh, Barrett was doing Red Sox review. Yeah, after yeah, that game, post game. Yeah. Oh really? Really? They were probably they were probably, they were probably ripping the team. But look at the, but since yeah. then they've won twelve of the last fifteen. 
And this is a team right now I think definitely is going to be a team that is going to be in it for the long haul this year. I think they're going to be in it. For, I don't know if they're going to win the division because, because you know, their, their, de- their, their depth in the bullpen and their depth in the rotation. But I think this is, that is definitely a team that, 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 that's in it for the long haul. I mean, I think they proved that in the first month of the season. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, uh, yeah, because last year, you know, you talk about that lineup. Again, they had the best batting average last year in the American League. You know, I know the pitching staff's not great, but, again, it's kind of like the Yankees. If, if their pitchers just give them enough night in and night out, their offense is going to score. And right now their offense is showing they can score runs, They're not like the Yankees. They're kind of showing even if their pitchers have a bad night, they can hang in there. You know, I think they've had like six or seven yards, I think six comeback wins already this year. So wow. it's like when this team's behind, again, they're not faced. They, you know, they're they're confident they can come back. So I, I definitely see this team kind of being there in September, kind of going down to the end. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll look at the road ahead for the Red Sox. And uh, tonight it's uh, game two game two of their series. Is game two or game three of their series against game the Blue Jays? Two the- game two. Game two. Mm-hmm. And they're game two, the two, short two-game series. With the, is it two-game series with the Blue Jays? Yeah, two-game series. Yep. And then four with the Mariners. So uh, it's yep. two-game series with the Blue Jays. You got Richards against Thornton. Uh, then you got then you got then you got Pavetta against Dunn this week against the, uh, this week against the Mariners. You got Perez against uh, I can't even pronounce the, the pitcher on the Mariners' name. Um, uh, you got Evaldi uh, e- against uh, Flexen, and then Erod against another pitcher on the Mariners. I can't really pronounce it pronounce his name. And the Mariners are, su- are surprised at eleven and seven, yeah. but I think the Red Sox. This is a team at home. I think they take three out of four against the Mariners. They bear and they and and I think tonight will be a tough game because they got because Garrett Richards is pitching. But I think this team goes at least three and two in their next five games. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they can. I think yeah, three and two, four and one. Um, tonight's probably going to be a home run derby fest with those two guys on the mound with Thornton and uh, Richards. So um, yeah, you know Richards looked a little bit better in his last start. So I think they feel a little bit better about him again. Another. Decent start, yeah. This team could be definitely three and two, four and one. Um, again, close out the month of uh, April uh, in a very, very high note. So, yeah, I can see this Boston team kind of in this homestand right now. Um, yeah, kind of ending at three and two, and yeah, uh, being there, being you know, as we talked about, they're gonna, they're gonna be right there. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when you do all the things they've done well, when if you hit well. I don't care what your expected, what your expectations are going into the season. If you hit well in baseball, if you pitch pretty well, and you have a good bullpen, you're going to be a playoff team. And the Red Sox have been doing that uh, through the first, you know, the first month of the season. So if this obviously continues, they're going to be a playoff team. Like you, you as and that was the thing, you know, with the Yankees, you know, four years ago in 2017. They didn't have they didn't have high expectations, but they pitched pretty well. Their bullpen was great, and their lineup with Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez cu- coming on was 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 great as well. So if the, if, that, if the, all those things come together, you're going to be a playoff team. And right now, all those things are coming together for the Sox. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah, you know, three of those phases are working. It's it's pretty tough to beat you. And then two, I I really like the mix that they have. They have some younger guys, but then they also they also have the veterans and Marvin Gonzalez. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro, again, bringing in Garrett Richards. Like, they just, you know, I love the mix that they have, too. You know, they have guys in there to help out the younger guys. Again, Core's been a great manager. So, yeah, you know, it's, again, they, they have all the pieces right now. Um, and they're they're playing well. And, yeah, they're, they're a team, yeah, they, they didn't have any expectations. And I think they're just, they're going out there every night just playing free, you know, freely. And, and not really, you know, not really caring if they, caring, but, 
you know, again, they, you know, nobody expected them to, for this right now. Everybody's stunned up there in Boston right now, the way the team's been playing. Absolutely, absolutely. Who would have thought the Patriots would miss Brady more than the Sox would miss Betts? But that's the reality right now. <laughs> but but to wrap up baseball, we got we to talk about what's, I think, the biggest rivalry in the National League. And you could argue right now could be the biggest rivalry in all of baseball. I'll still give that to the Yankees and Red Sox. But mm-hmm. the Padres and Dodgers right now, as you saw last weekend, with the benches clearing in one of the games, one of the games going extra innings, uh, it was a good series. The Dodgers took two out of three. But right now with the stars on the field, with with the Dodgers, with all their stars, with – and you know Cody Bellinger won't play, but with uh, with Mookie Betts, with uh, Corey Seager, with uh, – with Max Muncy, with all this, with all the stars the Dodgers have, and then you look at the stars the Padres have with Fernando Tat- with Tatis Jr. and uh, and uh, Eric Hosmer and uh, Manny Machado, and then you look at the rotations of both teams with Blake Snell. Uh, you had Musgrove who threw threw a no hitter with with uh, and you Darvish, and then you look at the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw. You look at the you look at the uh, Walker Bueller. You look at the, and Trevor Bauer. So you look at all the star power on the field with both teams. I mean, the po- Dodgers obviously playing better than the Padres. Dodgers right now are fourteen and four. Padres are, are ten and nine. But if you look at the star power, this is probably the most to watch these two teams play is probably the most is probably if you're not a if you're not a fan of either of these two teams, you still watch when these two teams play. Anybody else? If you're not a fan of the teams, you're really not watching. But if if, if it, right now, but if these two teams are playing, you're definitely paying attention. You're definitely watching. That's why I was disappointed that that, that these two teams weren't even on anywhere last week, which I thought was ridiculous. And I thought it was bad at baseball not to put these two teams on anywhere last week. I mean, you had the Braves and Cubs the Sunday night game. I was not. I was not a fan of that. I'd rather see the Padres and the Dodgers. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think these two teams are top teams to watch and I'm really excited for this weekend the Padres Dodgers game is the Sunday night game so I'll definitely be watching that on Sunday night and I think it's gonna gonna be another great series this week but in your opinion is this the best rivalry in baseball and we all know it's the best rivalry in the National League but is this becoming the best rivalry in baseball I think it possibly could maybe you know another year or two you know obviously yeah I'm a Yankee fan so I still give that Yankee Red Sox as a top rivalry in baseball right now um you know obviously I know you know the Red Sox, you know, haven't, you know, last few years they've kind of been downwards, but, uh, you know, again, right now they look like they're going to, you know, obviously they're right there. Um, I just think with both clubs, they just, there's just so much history and just hate between both, both teams. I, I still give that one, but I, I think, but the other thing is too, it's like the Dodgers have absolutely, the Dodgers have the best record against any opponent since like 2013 against, or, or against, you know, they have the best record at the Padres since 2013 against, you know, any other, you know, um, result, you know, throughout Major League Baseball. So it's like it hasn't been a robbery yet. So it's really until the Padres start knocking off the Dodgers. I, I really I'm kind of one of those like it can't it's turning into a it, robbery. It can't be a robbery, robbery until the Padres start winning. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So until the Padres start beating them, maybe I'll put them ahead of Yankees Red Sox. Maybe. But um Again, it, it did feel like October baseball last weekend when I was watching. You know, uh, Sunday they were on Major League Network at four. MLB Network, okay, okay. They were Sunday, Friday, and Saturday. I did but kinda, it did uh, have it did have that October feel to it. It did, yes, it, it did. It, it, you know, it did in San Diego. Um, again, I think the San Diego fans too—they just haven't been able to experience this. Either. I know. I mean, imagine, imagine this summer if they could get yeah. if they could get full capacity yeah. for this. Oh my God, that place gonna, that place gonna be going crazy. Petco Park's yeah. gonna be going crazy for this for this rivalry. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why it's going to be interesting how it is, you know, this weekend in L.A. Like, how does L.A. fans kind of with the Padres? Because it's like a team that you beat up on. So it's like I want to see if there's like that same amount of energy from Dodgers. They're real. They're really close to each other, though. They're like two hours from each other. So they're really close, too. Okay, so, yeah. So I could see, yeah, you know, being another uh, big weekend. Um, but, yeah, it, it you know, again, it was fun. You know, you saw the brawl Friday night. Um Going, you know, going at each other, Manny. But yeah, you know, it's this is two kind of teams that really do not like each other. I think Justin Turner said it last week. He, he said these are like 19 World Series games against the Padres. So, you know, they're, they're, both teams are be fired up. But again, I think the other thing is too, it's the Dodgers are up five games. So it's Dodgers like win two of four this weekend. It's like they're already up seven games. It's like they're pretty much already running away, hiding. I think the players don't like each other. The thing is, is, uh, could, uh, is I think it's a rivalry with the players. Is it going to be a rivalry with the fans? That's going to be the big. That's going to be the big question. Yeah, and we'll you know we'll see because I know Dodger fan. It's like you know, I know the pot Giants too. The you know, Giants have been a surprise. They were last year. And I know Dodgers Giants fans cannot stand each other as well. Probably so. That's where it's like you know how much he is there for the for the Padres or Dodgers fans because they're you know they're real rival you know and has been the, the Giants forever, you know, since they moved out West. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting how the, the Dodger fans kind of react to it. But, yeah, Padre fans, you know, uh, they're loving – you know, they were actually chanting, you know, um, I know Sunday. I can't remember if it was Friday, Saturday, too. They they were chanting, let's, you know, BLA, BLA. You know, that's, that's kind of a common chant. That started with the Celtic fans back in the 80s with the uh, – against the Lakers, and it's been going on for – BLA has been going on for years. Oh, yeah, that was like the first time I like, remember kind of hearing it. But, you know, so um, – but, yeah, so the Dyer fans loved it. But, it, you know, it was great to kind of feel that October baseball, literally like the third weekend of the year. Like, you don't really ever see that. Like, and this weekend I am excited to watch two, both teams again because it's, it's good for baseball when you get two kind of teams like this. And you're excited to watch a series in April, you know. Especially Absolutely, if the yeah. so bad too. It's like – I know. It's – Really cool to actually kind of want to sit down and watch the you know Dodgers Padres game and be excited about in April. Usually, don't that doesn't really happen. No, it's no, for the sport. Oh, yes, it is. And 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 uh, we'll go to this weekend and uh, look at some of the matchup pitching matchups. And uh, for the on Thursday night, it's a uh, weather versus Bueller. Uh, then Friday, we've got a great matchup. you got Darvish against Kershaw. That's a great matchup. Another great matchup on Saturday, Snell against Bauer. Then Sunday, the Sunday night game, you got uh, Joe Musgrove, who threw, who threw the no-hitter a couple of weeks ago against uh, against May. So I, I'm excited for this series. I think I think it's going to be split. I think both these teams split. I think they split with each other. Yeah, I'll go with the split. I think it's a big, big weekend for the Padres to kind of somewhat stay close to the Dodgers, as close as they can. So, yeah, I think they got to be able to get – Two out of the four, and I think Padres could kind of feel good about themselves. So I'll, yeah, I'll go with Padres, Padres Dodgers split. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. So it should be really, really interesting. We got some news in the NBA. We got some players returning. Uh, Lamella Ball is close to returning, and Anthony Davis is. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yes. to the city. Keys 
And crossed up by Colby, roll float to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Thank you, Ted and Trevor. They should be on Friday talking about the Yankees and getting you ready for the NFL draft. Obviously, next week will be a huge week for all shows, getting ready for the NFL draft. But listen to them, Keys of the City, every Friday, uh, Trevor, Ted. And they've had Joe on the last couple of weeks, so it'll probably be Trevor, Ted, and Joe on, on Friday afternoon. So listen to Keys of the City Friday afternoon. But we got to get to the NBA, and uh, Lamelo Ball has been cleared to get back to uh, get back to basketball activities uh, for for the Hornets, and he and uh, and there's a lot of rumors that, a lot of rumors that he will be returning in the next in, in seven to ten days. And if he could come back and they can get Gordon Hayward back right now, I don't think this team is going to get out. They're they're not going to avoid the playing tournament. The Hornets are going to be in the playing tournament. They're too far behind the Heat, Knicks, and Celtics not to get into the playing tournament. And they lost to the Knicks last night, so they're going to be in the playing tournament. But uh, the big question is for them: What seed are they going to end up getting in, in that playing tournament? I, I, th- I think that I think they'll probably end up being the eight seed, so they're going to probably have to play. You know, they could get into a matchup with the Heat uh, because the Hawks are playing well. So it looks like the Hawks are going to avoid that playing tournament. So it looks like they'd have to play the Heat in the first round. So say they'd have to play the Heat in the first round of the playing tournament, they would probably probably lose that, and then they'd probably have to beat maybe the, pay- the probably the Pacers, Raptors, or Bulls in the second in the second game, which I think they will. As as, a, as the playing tournament will work, as the playing tournament works, is the seven seed plays the eight seed, the nine seed plays the ten seed. If the seven seed beats the eight seed, the seven seed becomes the, the, the that winner becomes the seven seed. The seven the seven and eight winner becomes the seven seed, and then the uh, winner of the of the game, the, lo- uh, the the two losers of the seven and eight and the nine, and then and, and the, the the loser of the seven eight and the winner of the nine ten play each other for who was going to be the eight seed. So that's how the playing tournament works. So for the Hornets, say they lose that seven eight game to the Heat. And then they they get into that you know elimination game with either the Bulls, uh, Pacers, or Raptors. I do think they beat one of those teams and get the number and get the number eight seed. So I, that's where I think the Hornets will end up falling because I think they're going to get Gordon Hayward back too before the season ends. So and it'll be big for them, you know, with with Rozier, Hayward, and Ball. And Ball was playing really well before he got hurt. He was averaging over twenty points a game. So I think getting uh, Lamelo Ball back means this team is. I think this team is going to get into the body of the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs, but I do think they're going to get into the body of the playoffs with uh, with Lamelo Ball back. But the question I want to ask you, Justin, is: Do you think the Hournets can get into the body of the playoffs? I know they'll be in the play-in tournament. Can they get into that to the body of the playoffs, the top sixteen, with the return of Lamelo Ball? I think they can be. I think they will. You know, as long as he, you know, him and Gordon Hayward have enough time to come back and play enough games. Um, before the play-in tournament, I, I think this team can because, look, you know, both made moves for, um, you know, um, Nikola Bolchik, but, again, they beat the Celtics Monday night, but they really haven't played well. The Pacers haven't been great either. Again, maybe the Ra- – you know, the Raptors haven't – they've been underperforming. So, I think they can be. I think, yeah, I think, you know, if they get the eight, they probably lose to Miami, and I, I see them beating the Pacers, Bulls, Wizards, or, or Raptors. I could see them being any one of those four. And being the eighth seed, and I think for the Hornets and Hornets fans, I think that's a good step in the in the right direction. You know, I, I know they've been eight seeds a couple of times in the Akemba, but they didn't really have any other kind of young stars with them, or you know, now now they kind of have a future. So I feel like the Hornets can get at least a buy the playoffs. I think you know, um, I think their fans would be feeling good about 
about themselves, about going to next year. You know, you're probably going to get swept by the Sixers, maybe one one. But, yeah, if they get an, if Ball gets enough time and he looks like he did when he got hurt, um, I think the Hornets will be able to get that get one of the two spots um, in that playing tournament or get out of the playing tournament into the body yeah. of the tournament. Gotcha, gotcha. And you, you, and you're with me. You don't think they have any shot at getting the number seven seed? No, because they're two net back at Boston. They still think, have two games left over Boston. I, I think the only way they could is say Atlanta falls apart and falls to that seven spot. I think they could beat Atlanta in a one game situation. I think that's where they would be able to get the seven seed. But outside of that, if Atlanta doesn't fall, if it's Miami, the Knicks, or the Celtics, they're not, I don't think they're going to beat one of those two teams in the playing tournament. No, probably not. I don't think they would either. They, yeah, they, they have the Celtics two more times, so they knock them off twice. Again, the Celtics have been so up and down. I, I, I can't get a feel of this team. Um, I know they, they, they have an illness right now kind of within the team that's COVID-related, not COVID-related, but um, if the Horn, yeah, if the Hornets, you know, um, they're two and a half back, they tweet this up, which is going to be tough. Yeah, obviously last night they, you know, they lost to the Knicks, but – you know, they didn't have Monk either. They didn't have Graham, I don't think, either. So, it's like they kind of banged up. But, yeah, most like I, I probably I see the team in the play, and I don't I don't really see a way to get them to succeed unless they sweep Boston. But I think that's going to be tough. Yeah, it, it it definitely will be. But it would be nice to see the Hornets in the playoffs. It nice to see a ball brother in the playoffs. It looks like the Pelicans are not going to make the playoffs. And as you saw, the uh, and a big reason for that is the game, the, the, the last two games they lost. As you saw the game on uh, on Sunday, Sam Van Gundy was not holding back on on, 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 on. I, I thought originally that was because of uh, what Lonzo Ball did, leaving Bullock wide open in the corner. But it really was Eric Bledsoe not fouling. But Sam yeah. Van Gundy didn't hold back on that collapse by, by the Pelicans. Uh, on Sunday, no, we did not. They were they're not happy. That was the game they they should have probably the Pelicans should have won that game. Yeah, because now they're four back of, of the Spurs. So yeah, they 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 are you know they're in a world of uh, hurt right now trying to get back into it. But yeah, that was a uh, very very tough loss on Sunday. Yeah, but, yeah, I I don't I don't blame Van Gundy for being upset about that. Yeah, that's another story for another day. But yeah, the Pelicans have definitely been disappointing. Point, uh, been disappointing, but we got to go to you know, we got to talk about you know, a former Pelican, and that's Anthony Davis. And he has he has a chance to uh, to be, to be back, and, and as early as Thursday, he's got a chance to be back with the Lakers, so that's really, really big. And this is a big week for the Lakers. People don't realize this is a big week for the Lakers because they're four games up on the Mavericks. The Mavericks should, should, uh, should win tonight against the Pistons, so tomorrow night's. A big, big game for the Lakers because they they would they would they'd only be I think I don't know if the Lakers play tonight or not, but if they if they don't, they'd only be three and a half ahead of the Mavericks. And but but and say the Mavericks win both games in Dallas, they would only be a game and a half. Uh, 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 they'd, only be, they'd only be a game and a half ahead of the Mavericks, and there could be a potential shot. They lose these two games, there is a chance the Lakers could be in that playing tournament. And yes, I know, and I've been saying this all year. When the Lakers are healthy, they're the clear favorite to go to the NBA Finals with 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 uh, with AD, LeBron, Drummond, and and Schroeder and and uh, Harold. They're the clear favorite to go to the finals, but they somehow got to get in this playing tournament, and and, and and anything could happen in a one game situation. You could lose, you could lose to you could lose to a Memphis, and then you could then you could you could lose to you know a St- to, Steph, to Steph Curry, and you could be gone. So anything can happen in a playing tournament, but, but but I think with Davis returning. And I do think they'll take care of business in one of these two games against the Mavs this week. But with Davis returning, I don't think they're going to get all the way up to the three seed. But I think they end up getting the number four seed because I do think they they overtake Denver because 
of Jamal Murray being out. But the question I got for you, Justin, is, is there any way they can move all the way up to the three seed with Anthony Davis returning? No, they can't. They're five back. I don't see any way with, what, about 10 games left, something, or about 15, something like that. Like, they got left, so I, I don't see it. Because um, I believe, too, they only – they don't believe they play. They play the Clippers one more time, too, so – I don't see I don't see them being able to climb five games up, especially LeBron's probably still early May, I think they're saying. So I don't see it. I don't think there's any way that they get up to the number three seed. Um I could see them getting in the four spot with Denver. Um Jokic's been playing really, really well since Murray got hurt, but um maybe the four I could see him, but definitely not the three. Yeah, I think I think the three is pretty much a long shot for them. I, I think they're gonna get up to the four. But uh, four seed, but they got to be careful this week. This week they got to be. It's a big week for them with those two games at the Mavericks. This is a really, really big week for them because if they if they lose those two games, there's a chance that they could be you know in this in that playing tournament. And I think that's the one thing that's going to stop the Lakers from making a finals run. I think if they're not in the playing tournament, I think this team is going to get to the finals. I think they're clearly the best team in the West. Yeah, um, yeah. These are you know, two big ones. The Mavericks, I just do not understand. I saw them Sunday night play the Kings, and it was just like. They didn't seem like they wanted to, to show up that night, but um, so I, I can't get I can't tell what Mavericks team's gonna show up. You would hope the Lakers come to town for two games, and you would hope you're gonna get the Mavericks best effort. But who knows at the moment? So yeah, if they can at least get a split, and then it's like the rest of the month, it's you know at it's at Orlando, at Washington, and then home against Sacramento. So it's like they can just find a way to win one at Dallas. You should you know finish the month at like four and one, and kind of. You know, you should be able to avoid that playing game. And, yeah, if they if this team can, especially, you know, I know, you know, we'll talk about Mitchell, but now he's hurt. We talked about Murray, you know, getting him being hurt. Again, the Clippers are going to be a challenge. Like, you know, I love, you know, the Suns are absolute great story this year, but they haven't been here. I know they have Chris Paul, but they, Chris Paul, but they haven't really been here yet. So who knows, you know, what happens with them in the playoffs, especially, you know, they're sitting there at the two and the Lakers at the seven, you know, Again, I think the Lakers probably knock him off. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, if, if it winds up being, you know, yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, uh, yeah, but the, the, what I've always said, though, with the playing tournament, if the Lakers get into that, you never know. If they yeah. could just get a five or a six seed, they pretty much are going to be – I don't care what seed they get. I think they're still going to be able to make a run in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're sitting at the four and five. I think, you know, I would love to see the Jazz make a run at this thing. I, I really would. I'd love to see, like, a Jazz or Suns or – you know, Nuggets before Murray got hurt to make a run in the finals. But, yeah, I, I just don't see him. If LeBron has enough time and AD have enough time to kind of ramp things up and get back to playing. I know Drummond had a tough one um, like Monday night, um, I think it was. But, again, with those three, I don't see anybody in the Western Conference. If they're playing well and they're healthy, I don't I don't see anybody knocking off the Lakers. Yeah, if they somehow just – if they're not – if they do, yeah, if they just avoid the playing game. It's going to be very tough to knock them off. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll stay in the Western Conference and talk about a team that certain people think, some people think are the favorite. I don't. I think, still think they're clearly the third best team in the Western Conference. But they had a big injury on Friday as uh, Donovan Mitchell sprained his right ankle. He's going to miss several games, probably the rest of the regular season. And they'll definitely have to cap him if they want any chance to make a run in the playoffs. But I do think they're going to get him back to the playoffs. But the big question is, will they slip out of that number one seed? How far will they fall? I just don't think they're going to fall 
uh, further. I think the f- furthest they'll fall is the number two seed. I think the Suns, I think, might, might overtake them for the number one seed, but I just don't think they're going to fall, you know, further the, further than the two seed. Their schedule's pretty favorable, and they still are a decent team without them. I mean, they still got, you know, Connolly, uh, Gobert, Clarkson's been off the bench, Ingles. They still have a good team with they're still a pretty good team without them, even though I think they need them if they want any hope to make a run and run and win a championship. I still think they're a pretty good team without them where, where they could tread they could tread water and be like and end up being the number two seed. So the farthest I seeing them fall is the number two seed. How far do you see them falling, Justin, with Mitchell out? Yeah, I see him falling probably the two seed because I think the rest of the month, you know, their next four coming up. They play the Rockets tonight, which is Again, they should win. They have back-to-back with the Timberwolves, which they should win. Then they have the Kings. They should win all four of those before they go to Phoenix. So, I think, yeah, I think they probably fall the two. But I think they I think they do do enough because they have enough talent around to hold off the Clippers for that two seed. Um, you know, it's like, so I, I do think they, they will land the number two seed. Um, I don't think they'll fall fall. Beyond that, I think they'll hold off the Clippers. They, yeah, they have, you know, you talk about they have enough on that roster to be able to manage enough. Obviously, losing Mitchell is an absolute, you know, it's a really tough loss for him, but they'll be able to manage. Jay said they only got, you know, three games against teams with a winning record to close out the year. The number one seed is a lock. Listen, Jay's. You don't have Donovan Mitchell, your best player. So it's nothing is a lock, and you're only a game and a half ahead of the Suns, and you play the Suns in Phoenix. So nothing is a lock right now. Okay. This is not this is not the Lakers with LeBron being healthy. Okay. This is the Jazz. Okay. It's a little bit of a difference. Nothing is a lock with the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz have never been to the conference finals since 2007. So there's nothing is a lock with the Utah Jazz. Okay. Especially without their best player. Okay. It's not a lock to the number one seed. I think it'll be the number two seed, and it's not a lock to be the number one seed. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> All right, defensive player, you know, Rudy Gobert and sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You bra- Let's think about the Jazz, They Jazz fans. They brag about bench players and defensive players. <laughs> That's what they brag about because they don't have much else to brag about, okay? Because they don't have LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard on their team, okay? So that's what they brag about, Jazz fans. They brag about defensive player of the year and, and, uh, and sixth man of the year, okay? So saying that the number one seed is a lock is ridiculous, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's still, you know, 15, 10, 15 games left to play. The Suns are a game and a half out, and you still play the Suns. So it's not a lock that you're getting the number one seed. I think you slipped to the two seed. I don't think you slipped that far without Mitchell, but it definitely makes a difference not having Donovan Mitchell. No, it definitely does. And I, we've talked about it, you know. The way they shoot the three ball, they've been great. But, again, one night, if they just have an off night and they're just not they, hitting – I know it's a three league, but if you live and die by the three and not don't have a superstar, you could be in trouble. Yeah. And again, I, I think, you know, again, they have enough of shoot, great shooters around them where they should be okay. But again, you can't expect them to be all, you know, on every night without Mitchell. So yeah, you know, one or two bad games down the stretch, I think could hurt them and be a two seed. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I would love to see the jazz. I think that I want to see the jazz or the Sun be the one seed, which I think they will. I think it's a great story. Um, but I, I think you know, they'll, they'll finish at the two. And again, who would have thought it, that the Suns were going to be the one seed? Just, I know. I, I know. Being of the season, who, who would have thought it? Who, they, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. It shows you. Yeah, they in the bubble. So it's like that was, sure price. they started. Yeah, they started to make a run there. Booker started to get hot, and then they add Chris Paul. And who, even though Chris Paul's not the scorer he once was, I think his leadership is big, and I think that's a big reason why they are. That he is the biggest reason why they are the number one seed. 
Warner, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, you, you know, Paul, yeah, it's not the score he um, used to be, but it, he's averaging like 15 points and nine assists. It's like that, you know, you'll take that any night of the week. And yeah, with his veteran leadership in the locker room, you know, with Booker, you know, A and, you know, Mikel Bridges um, has been good this year. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's been a great, uh, great story to see the Phoenix Suns where they are. It, abs- it absolutely is. It absolutely is. But we'll stay in the Western Conference again. We'll talk about the uh, Steph Curry and his amazing, amazing run. Eleven straight games of thirty points or more. The he broke. He's the oldest player to do that consecutively. He broke Kobe Bryant's record on Monday when he put up forty nine against the Sixers. I mean, the guy's just been phenomenal. You look at the shots he's making; just unreal. I mean, contested three pointers. He's the best shooter ever. I think last year a lot of people forgot how great Steph Curry is. He's a top three player in the game. The problem is the team around him is absolutely terrible. That team, if that team didn't have Steph Curry, they'd probably be the worst, like, like they were last year. They'd probably be the worst team in the NBA. So, I, I mean, I think Steph Curry should get some MVP, MVP consideration. I know Jokic, I know Mur, I know Jokic and Embiid are up there, but I definitely think that Steph Curry should get some MVP, MVP consideration for the way he's played this year. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. He's he's the best shooter we're ever going to see, and. Uh, and and uh, I hope the Warriors somehow get out of the play-in tournament and get, like, the number eight seed because it would be fun to see Steph Curry in a playoff series and say, you know, Jace's Utah Jazz, you know, without Donovan Mitchell, have to play Steph Curry. That's going to be a series. I guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could. <laughs> you know, it did good. The way Curry shoots some ball. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, you know, amazing. I remember, you know, Saturday night when they played the Celtics, um, there was, I think there was one, he shot the ball left-handed and he, it was like an and one and you know, like left-handed, he got hit. There's a couple of times. Cause I thought Marcus smart when he was on and played some pretty good defense and, and he just hit some great shots and smart just ran down the floor with it's like, you know, like what else, what else can I do to stop him? I, that's kind of what happens with Curry. So you can kind of stick to him like Lou, but he's still going to hit majority of the shots. And um, it's been impressive. I think he does have to get some MVP consideration because, you know, you talk about it too. Again, they were the second worst team last year. Now, again, he's kind of gotten them to 500. I know it's not great, but they're 500. They're hovering around. I know they're like the ninth seed right now, but um, in the West, in the West, a little yeah, bit in different. West, in the, yeah. Doing that in the West than doing it in the East. Oh yeah, oh 100. <laughs> the competition's a lot tougher as it has been the last few years. But um, yeah. So I, again, I put them. I put them third on my MVP list at the moment. You know, I'm with you on. You know, I got them. Um, Embiid and, and joke it, you know, in front of him. But I, I think he totally should. It's been impressive from, uh, you know, what he's been doing to try to keep this team afloat right now. Oh, it's, 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 it's been amazing. It's just been absolutely amazing. And would you have as the MVP right now? I, I would still go to, I'd, I'd still go I'm, with Embiid because he's the best. Yeah. He's put up all these points. He's had a great season on a great team. Yeah, I have him third. I have, yeah, Embiid, and then I put Jokic number two, especially the way he's been playing since Murray's gone out. I think the other night, like, 47 and, like, 16 rebounds. I'd put him third. I'd put Curry third. Um, he, yeah, he's had a great year. But, again, yeah, Embiid and Jokic's, you know, teams are, are have been all around better. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I have to put him third. Um, but he, it's, he definitely should get consideration. He, he has been amazing right now. And Jace made a comment uh, in the East. Steph, Steph would have the Warriors fighting for the three seed, and that's one thing I will agree with. I will agree with Jace there. I will agree with Jace there. Yes, there's a very good chance. Looking at the, the fact the Hawks are the number four seed in the East, Steph would definitely have the Warriors fighting for the three seed in the Eastern Conference. 
Oh, I, I could totally see it. Yeah, the competition's not great over there. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see them fighting for a three seed. And then I would probably say, you know, he probably yeah, he, he may probably be the MVP if he was playing over in the Eastern Conference. You know, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yep. I could, yep. could see him playing for that three. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of the Eastern Conference, we got a surprise team in the Eastern Conference. That's the New York Knicks. They won their seventh straight game last night. And uh, Julius Randle, yes, he didn't have a great night last night, but Julius Randle has been phenomenal. Had 44, dropped 44 against the Mavs, 33 in their win against uh, the Pelicans in overtime on Sunday. Uh, right now, the big question is, is Julius Randle a superstar? And in my opinion, I think that Julius Randle is an all-star. I wouldn't say superstar. I would say all-star. I still think he's, I th- I think he's a really good player. But I still think that R.J. Barrett's got to be the best player on that team for the Knicks to – be to be a championship contender. I think I think Barrett's got to be their best player. I think Randall, I think Randall's a really really good player. But I think I think they need Barrett to be their best player for them to win a championship. But that's not no knock against Randall. He's had an unbelievable year. He's definitely the most improved player. The way he shot threes, averaging over twenty five points a game, the biggest reason that the Knicks are in the position they're in. So Julius Randall's had a phenomenal year. And uh, if you look at the Knicks right now, I think there's a chance they could they could definitely avoid this play in tournament. And get that number, get one of those top, you know, six seeds. I think there's a very good chance of that, and we'll see what happens if they if they get in the first round. I, I but I like where they are right now. If they somehow play, they play the Hawks tonight, at the Garden. But if, if they play the Hawks in the first round, I really like their chances. But the first question I'll ask Justin to you is, in your opinion, is Julius Randle a superstar? I think he's getting there. Maybe next year, I think he gets that gets that spot. But I think. Uh, one more year of this type of production, I think, and I think he will be at that level because especially playing the New York market and what he's done for this team, he's had an unbelievable year. I'm with you. Most improved player, definitely. He's been a huge, huge um, spark for this team. And, and the guy, you know, kind of looked like when the, with the Lakers for that first kind of two, three years, like he was going to be a boss and he wasn't going to be the guy that we all thought of. But um, he is really um, has changed that narrative lately or you know this year um and has had a Hector's in the comment yeah we're, 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 we're gunning for that number for that fourth seed go Knicks if a nice Huck Hector's a Knicks fan too Yankee fan he likes all the teams I like Hector Yankees yeah. Giants Knicks he likes all the teams I like yeah I think the Knicks yeah the fourth seed is definitely definitely doable for the Knicks I think you know look at the way the Celtics have been inconsistent the Heat have been inconsistent the Hawks you never know what's going to happen there and obviously here we go with Jace Zay from posting upset Randall's in the MVP discussion I, I, I was a Knicks fan. He's had a great year, but I just can't put him in that discussion. I just can't do that. I got to put, he's not, he's still not in that discussion where Steph Curry, uh, Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid are. He's, he's still not in that discussion, but he's had a great year. He's obviously the MVP of the Knicks, but it's just, mm-hmm. and, and I know Zay's a big Knicks fan and he wants to hype Randall up and he's had an, and I, and I think he, Zay was listening, Zay's, Zay's listening too. And if he's listening, he, to feel free to comment. I think he's had a, he's had a, you know, a great year. But I still wouldn't put him in the MVP conversation. I mean, if the Knicks were, you know, one of the top three teams in the East, maybe. But seeing where the Knicks are, and it's a, it's a, it's great uh, where the Knicks are. I mean, the Knicks have really overachieved. But I still don't have him at that MVP conversation. I don't have him in the MVP conversation. I, but he's had an outstanding year. I'll, yeah. I'll admit that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think if they were a top three right now, I think he would be. Obviously, right now they're a five, and they're they're kind of cool. But yeah, if you told me they were if the Knicks were right there with the Sixers, Nets, and when Bucks are now like in one of those three spots with them, I, I think I think yeah, I think I'd definitely give him MVP consideration. That you know, 
It's like, you know, they, you know, Tom Thibodeau has done a great job of kind of developing this roster. He's, yeah, he's he's changed the culture yeah. because oh, yeah. of you know the he's, he's he's brought he's brought a defensive mentality. Obviously, the number one team in defense. And you bring you were just we we're just going to say it. Bring in some of his own guys, Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has been really good off the bench. This Nick bench is the one of the most underrated things about this team with Emmanuel Quickly and Derrick Rose. The Nick bench has definitely been very very underrated. The, the contributions those guys have given off the bench have been really good for this team. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it quickly too, he's been a really, yeah, he's been such a great surprise, you know, being a late kind of first rounder, you know, nobody really, again, the expectations weren't high for him. You know, I know Knicks were kind of been looking for that point guard of the future for years, but yeah, again, yeah, 11 points um, averaging. Yeah. He's been really, really good. And I think Derek Rose has been, again, I think just, Having Derrick Rose, too, in the locker room with him, I think is going to make him even better to kind of have that mentor for him. And RJ Barrett, again, he's having a huge breakout season. He played pretty well again last night. Um, I like Mitchell when he's healthy, too. So it's like, yeah, they, they, you know, they've had a really nice corner. I know Thibodeau, again, one of the things that everybody kind of, you know, backfired against Thibodeau is, you know, the way he kind of uses the starters. But, um, I think he's done a good job managing that. And then, yeah, with the bench, they have enough production on the bench to, um, you know, to be able to – to um, they've been able to compete. You know, they're getting enough production off the bench. And and, been- and and for that, for the way Thibodeau is using his starters, I think, you know, I think – I hope he, hopefully he learns from his mistakes in, yeah. in, in Chicago and in Minnesota. And he does and he does things a little bit differently with the Knicks, with Randall and with Barrett in the future. But I think this year he's got to set the call. He's got to change the culture. I think he's done a great job of that. But I hope eventually with Thibodeau, he learns from his mistakes and doesn't wear out Randall. It doesn't wear out Barrett. And speaking of Barrett, you know, uh, actually just commented much better than obviously much better than the record last year. RJ has been a great addition. Oh, Rose has definitely been a great addition. I'll agree with that. And then uh, and RJ Barrett, but as the number three pick, he was expected to be a really good player for this team. And he's been that. He's, I mean, recently he's been great for this team. So he's been averaging 20 points a game, I think, in his last 15 games. So he's been great for this Knicks team. And he, I think he's got to be, I mean, if him and Randall become superstars and then they get a point guard, it's just a, a solid point guard, this team is a championship contender. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because I like Derrick Rose, but I don't know if he could be that yeah. starting point guard at this stage in his career. But if they can get a point guard, just a pretty good point guard in free agency and, and, uh, and Randall and Barrett become superstars. You got a team now. You got you got a contender. You got the Knicks being championship contenders. Yeah, the Carmelo days they got that one year they got to they got to the conference semis. But if you could if you could get Barrett and Randall to become superstars and you, and you get a solid point guard, you the, this will be the first time the Knicks will be championship contenders for the cha- Knicks will be championship contenders for the first time in two decades. Yeah, which is it's crazy. It's, it's great for the league too. You know to have the Knicks be a contender. So yeah, if Barakeet developed the way he is and Randall kind of the production he's been on. Oh yeah. You add a point guard to this mix. And yeah, this is, this is definitely a championship contender. Um, and that'd be great. It'd be great for, for New York. And I don't know if you were one of these, cause I, you know, I remember a couple of Nick fans, like they were more excited for Knicks games this weekend than th- th- this weekend than the Yankee games. <laughs> yeah. Because the way the Knicks have been playing, the way the Knicks have been playing. Yeah. New yeah. York likes the teams teams that overachieve. They don't like teams that underachieve. I could bear, I could see that. I definitely mm. could see that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you know, and the Knicks are fun to watch. You know, the way they put defense. Yeah, they're not the high scoring team in the world, but the way they they you know they can they can be anybody with the way they play defense. They're you know the way they play defense. They can hang in with anybody. 
you know, again, maybe the Nets, you know, will be tough, you know, because they're going to have to score against them. But look, you know, again, I, I just I've always loved Thibodeau's defense. Um, it's great for New York to have this team kind of up. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate. And, and, Hector, that and Hector says nine games over 500, we're winning at home. And that's a great point because, and Hector remembers this, those 90s Knicks teams with Pat Riley and Jeff Van Gundy, they were great in the garden. And that's the big key. This team this this team has got to be great in Madison Square Garden. If this team can be, they're going to be a consistent winner for years to come. And who would have thought two years ago we'd be talking about the Knicks this way? But if they could be great at Madison Square Garden, that is that is, I'd say the best place the, the best place in the NBA when you're playing well because those fans love the Knicks. Those fans live for Knicks games when they're playing well. You you, know, you could you if you if you, you probably don't remember, but you remember those Knicks days in the '90s uh, when they had Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley. Uh, John Starks, even back in the, the 99 team that got to the finals with Larry Johnson and Allen Houston. And uh, th 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 that is a great place to be when the Knicks are winning. And you could ask Hector about that. He would agree with me. Oh, yeah. You know, I I haven't seen a Knicks game there, yet, but I've seen some games at the Garden. And it's – it's that that arena is just it's just great. It, man, imagine if they can get up to that four seed too and they get the first two games at home and, and you hope maybe in another month you could – up capacity just a little bit more, man. You know how rocking that guard the garden's gonna be. They can get a four spot. You know, maybe you get the Nets in the second. Good round. point there, like, Latrell Let, Sprewell. Yes, Latrell. I forgot about that one, Hector. Latrell Sprewell. Yes, that was a huge addition on that Nick team in '99. If they don't get Sprewell, they there's no way they go to the finals. So Latrell hmm. Sprewell, that was a huge addition to that '99 Nick team that got to the finals. That that, that upset the Pete in the first round when they were the eight. They, because the Knicks were the eight seed that year. They upset the Heat in the first round, and then they beat the Pacers in that conference final with Larry Johnson. I was actually at that game when Larry Johnson had that had that three point four point play to win. So that was a great run. Yeah, that was a good point. That Latrell, uh, Houston, uh, Larry Johnson, those definitely were the good old days in the Knicks, right there. Yeah, and you know maybe you know again yeah you know maybe this is you know you hope the new core right here. Yeah, only and Hector said it. Only eight seeds yeah. ever advanced the NBA Finals. Yes, I mean we've had one seeds upset eight seeds. I mean we had the, in '94 we had the Nuggets with Dikembe Mutombo upset uh, Gary Payton. Uh, I think uh, about ten years ago the the Memphis was an eight seed and they upset with Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. They were the eight yeah. seed and they upset San Antonio in the first round. And so we've definitely had you know and then that one year with. Tom Thibodeau, we go back to Tom Thibodeau, when he lost Derrick Rose, the Sixers with Andrea Gidala and Drew Holiday, they upset uh, the Bulls. So we the Bulls in, in, in the first round. So we've had eight seeds beat one seeds. We never had we never had an eight seed go to the NBA finals before the 99 Knicks. And the 99 Knicks still are the only number eight seed to go to advance to the NBA finals. And the way the NBA are now NBA now, that may be the only one for a long time. So yeah, you know, the Knicks may have that record for a while, but yeah, you know, um, they're I think they're getting back there. I think the Knicks are. You can see the fan base, even with the Nets. It's like it, it's still, it's still. I think it's it's always going to be a Knicks. Oh, it's it's, it's 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 absolutely a Knicks town. The Nets might be better outside of yeah. New. York. They're they're definitely a lot bigger outside right. of New York because they're three superstars with with uh with Kyrie Durant and Harden. But the heart of New York, it's absolutely right. a Knicks town. Oh yeah, because the New York fans are so loyal. They're not. They're not going to jump on the Nets because you know they're loyal. You know, Net. You know, all New York fans are, are loyal. So, yeah, they're not jumping on. You know, Nets bandwagon. You know, they're not going to. You know, they're. They, you know, they're not going to leave their team. So yeah. Uh, you know, the Knicks fan base is great. You know, 
when they're playing well, it's great. You know, you even looked at Tina Sharon with the Rangers have been on fire too re- recently. So even though they lost the Islanders last they night, lost last one, but yeah, that, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, that, yeah we'll, we'll be talking about them once they get to the playoffs. We'll, we'll wait hopefully to talk about that, them when we get to the playoffs. Yeah, hopefully, yes. Hopefully, that last night hurt. Their we'll we'll definitely be talking about the Islanders and Bruins. We'll see if we talk. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see if we'll be talking about the Rangers. Yeah, ho- hopefully in about a month we will. Um, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. It's, again, Knicks right now. It's been a great story for the league. Yeah, so we got a couple couple comments. Hector, uh, Knicks represent NYC. The Knicks represent one borough in Brooklyn. That's that's that couldn't be more well said. The Knicks represent the city, and that's represent the borough, the one borough in Brooklyn. And if you if you go to the you know New York metropolitan area or the tri state area, they might represent New Jersey, North Jersey, but they left North Jersey, so they probably represent you know they represent uh, one borough, yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. So that's why, yeah, he's made a great point about that being a Nick Town and Chase Rangers going to the playoffs left. He's we'll get to that, fan. okay? We'll, we'll, I know he's a Bruins fan. We'll, we'll yeah, get we'll right. get to the hockey stuff. We'll get to that. But before we wrap up on the Knicks, there will be two questions I got for you. One is, the, with the way the Knicks are playing, this is probably a pretty easy question. Are, are you, do you think they're going to be able to avoid the playing tournament? should be an easy question. Oh, I think they will. This team's on fire. I think they know it. There's confidence. You know, Randall in the press conference the other day was great. Like, you know, they, yeah, I think they will. You know, they beat the Hawks tonight. They're sitting there at the four. I think they would sweep the Hawks too if they went tonight, right? I think, I think they would, yeah. I think it would be, so, they'd be two and out. Three and three and I think. Yeah, so you, again, you had a couple games to handle with them, but the tiebreaker comes down to it. So I, I think they will avoid the playing game. Celtics, I, you can't get a read on, and, and he, you know, you can't really get a read on him either this year. So I, I think they do. I think they avoid it. I think they get the four seed. I really do. Wow. And then say they get that four seed, can they win a series in the first round? Yeah, they get Atlanta. I think they could. Boston, I think they I think they could beat Boston in seven game series. I, I really do. If they beat Boston, um, Brad Stevens is fired. There's no doubt Brad Stevens yeah, is out of a job. Brad Stevens is gone. If they if they if they if that would end Brad Stevens' career in Boston if they beat the Celtics <laughs> in the first round. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, Celtics would not be very happy about that. And then he may be wanting to think about that in yeah, maybe I should do that in the Yeah, exactly, game, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I I could see that. I could I could see them being Boston seven game series. I could see them grinding the way, grinding them out. In defensive series, so uh, you know, I, I, I as Jay go, said, you know, they, they 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 would punk Boston. They got too much size. Good point. Very good point there. That's why I think they would probably have a chance in that series. They do. You know, Thompson hasn't been great. Williams has been out, but and he hasn't been great. So, yeah, I I could I could um really see the I could see the Knicks in there before and beating somebody. And you know, I'd love to see the Nets Nets Knicks in the second round. Yeah, maybe a five game series, but Nick, you know, Knicks fans. Yeah, you know, they love the proof of point. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So it's gonna be interesting to see what, what the, how the, where the Knicks go from here. And uh, I expect them to be in the playoffs and the body of the playoffs, not playing the playing tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do from here. But we got some NFL news, and the 49ers got the number three pick. The big question is, who are they going to take? Uh, but before that, we got a, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Uh, my brain's saying go Whitaker, my heart's saying go Gaslam, so I'm going to go Gaslam. You're, I got to tell you, your words confuse me. I'm standing there with the bat, and then here comes this Bugs Bunny pitch. Oh, <laughs> I like it because he he's he he's makes some sense right until like the last four or five seconds. <laughs> and then, 
everything everything goes different than what he just said and a different name comes out of his mouth throwing jabs available for download on your favorite podcast platform that is throwing jabs every saturday morning at 11 o'clock join jace our producer joe aguire and jared jones for throwing jabs great podcast check them out every saturday at 11 but we gotta get we gotta get to the nfl and uh trey lance had his pro day on monday and the 49ers had kyle shanahan john lynch their quarterback coach there and they wanted uh john back to do a private workout with him so you know the 49ers with the number three pick and, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this, what they're going to do with that pick. Is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Justin Fields? It, I, but I, I think the pick should be Justin Fields. If I'm the 49ers, I'm definitely taking Justin Fields with that pick. But the more and more, the, uh, the more and more, uh, more and more, I, 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 I've been, more things I read, uh, I feel, I'm feeling like, I know there's a lot of rumors about them getting Mac Jones. But I feel like they're going to take Trey Lance with that number three overall pick. And the big reason why is is they feel like they want Jimmy Garoppolo to be their starter this year, and they feel like Trey Lance isn't ready to start from day one in the NFL. So what they think what they're going to do is have just do do what Patrick Mahomes did with Alex Smith. They're going to have Trey Lance take a redshirt year. He's going to sit behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, and I, and I think he's I think Lance is going to sit this year. Garoppolo is going to be the starter. We'll see how the Niners do, and then I think uh, Trey Lance will be the starter in twenty twenty two. So I think. That I think, in my opinion, I think that the Niners are going to take Trey Lance right now. I have I'm not. I have done a mock draft. I have a mock draft done, but it's not finalized. It'll be finalized next week and be discussed heavily on this show, obviously because the draft is on Thursday. But right now, I got Trey Lance going to the Niners at three. Justin, who do you got the Niners taking with the number three overall pick? Right now, it's been tough. Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth, kind of reading a lot. Um, trying to yeah figure out because yeah it could be any one of those three um i have him still going with mac jones i do think you know he's a guy you know who could use a and i think you know because lance is number two because of you know your reason of yeah he could use a you know um a retro year and yeah it doesn't sound like you know they're gonna trade jimmy garoppolo right now so it kind of seems like you know they'll keep him for another year um but I think Mac Jones too, because he fits Mike Shanahan's offense. Um, it, you know, um, he's the type of quarterback. Again, I know he's not mobile, um, but he's just the guy. He makes the right reads. You know, we'll see wide receiver wise. You know, again, he had so many top wide receivers last year. Alvin, we'll see how he adjusts to it. I got a big problem with Mac Jones going number three overall. You don't trade I, all this uh, all, all all this draft capital to take Mac Jones. Take a take take a guy that. Has not proven he could play from behind. And in this NFL, I'm sorry. Every team you're on, you're going to have to play from behind. Even Patrick Mahomes in that playoff run, uh, he had to play from behind, you know, multiple times. Three, All three games he was down by 10 points the year he won the Super Bowl. So you're going to have to play from behind. And Max Jones has not proven at all that he could play from behind. He relies too much on his offensive line and the weapons around him. And in, this, in, in, in today's NFL, I know the offensive line is important. But you cannot rely on the offensive line. You can't rely on protection. You got to be able to make throws in muddy pockets. Even the quarterbacks with the best offensive line have to do that. So I know they want to. I know Kyle Shanahan really wants uh, Mac Jones because it's very similar to Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan coming coming out in 2008 is a lot different than Mac Jones coming out in 2021. 
offensive line play was a lot different in 2008. It was a lot more impactful. It was more impactful in 2008 than it was in 2021. So I know Kyle Shanahan wants uh, wants Mac Jones. I feel like John Lynch wants either Lance or Fields. I feel like Fields is going to be the pick because I think they they love trade. They love his upside. But yeah, I have a I have a problem with Mac Jones going number three overall. Yeah, and that's why I was like going back because yeah, because right now he's like a 21 overall rated prospect, and it's like he he's four or he's fifth on the QB list. So it's like we got a you know, that's why it is weird to have. But I don't you know what I've been re I think he and that's why I think because he fits Shannon's mold. But I I think it wouldn't surprise me to see Fields or Lance. But um, again, I could kind of I could see him kind of sticking with their guns here and taking Mac Jones. Um, but obviously it's tough. They can ge- go either or, or, you know, all three of those quarterback picks. Um, but yeah, cause it's like, you know, we haven't seen, yeah, Mac Jones kind of come play for mind. He had a great offensive line last year, uh, but he's been good under pressure um, and he's really, really accurate. But look, yeah, it's, again, it's going to be a, a, a different world for him when he is behind him. Yeah, we have not any, we did not experience any of that last year with him. So, yeah, that is a big question mark. Um, but, and especially too, because it's, you know, I guess it's kind of, you know, kills kind of my point of Mac Jones, but it's like, too, like last few years, Alabama, I know it's too t- early to tell with Tua, but, you know, some of the quarterback, Alabama quarterbacks have not lasted very long, you know, under uh, Steven. Tua, you know, so. here's the thing with Tua. It's Tua, Tua yeah, it's a little bit different because Tua's Tua's more mobile. And Tua proved he yeah. could play from behind. He did it, he did it right mm-hmm. his first he did it the first time he came in in the national championship game. So Tua has proven it. So I think Tua's a little bit different because of his mobility. Mac Jones, I feel like, doesn't have the mobility, the, the mobility to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I think he could be, you know, a top 15 guy, but I think there's no way Mac Jones is going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Trey Lance, if everything pans out, has a chance to be. Justin Fields has a chance to be. Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be. Mac Jones, to, to, to me, or Zach Wilson has a chance to be. Mac Jones, to me, he's the one guy in this draft. He doesn't really have a chance to be, I don't even think, a top 10 quarterback nor a top five quarterback. I think he'll probably be a top 15 quarterback at best in the NFL because of his lack of mobility. And we got a comment from Jace. I think if I think if they bring if they bring in Lance, they will do what Philly tried. Have him have the main starter, have a main starter, and work the young guy in some different packages. To you, no, 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 no. no. They are not. They are not going to put Trey Lance on the field to run packages. That and that didn't work at all in Philly last year. That was that's why Philly was a disaster because they had Trey Lance playing. No, I mean uh, Jalen Hurts coming to games. Yeah. That was why it was disastrous. No, no, no. It only worked in New Orleans because Drew Brees accepted. Okay, we're going to do this because Drew Brees was at, a, at, a, at a, was in a stage of his career that we're going to do anything. To, we're, I'm going to do anything to help the team win. No, there is no way at all they're going to bring Trey Lance in for certain packages if they draft him. He'll just sit on the bench and learn and be the starter in 2022. He's not coming into in wild card. Wild, he's not coming in to run the Wildcat. Absolutely not. There's no way he's doing that. No, no, no. I, I think the reason they'll draft Trey Lance is they like his upside. He'll learn from Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll learn the he'll learn the offense, which usually doesn't happen in the NFL these days. So he'll get it. He'll get, he'll get it. He'll be in a really good situation if Lance goes there. You know, he'll learn the offense. He'll learn from Jim, he'll learn he'll learn Kyle Shanahan's offense for one year. Then he pops in and plays in 2022. But to Jason's comment, there is no way they're going to put him in the game to use his legs. They're not going to risk injury, and they're not going to pull their quarterback off the field. Usually you don't pull your starting quarterback off the field if you're going to be successful in this league. Yeah, actually, I, with Shanahan, too, I, I don't, you know, I Shanahan's kind of, yeah, kind of 
old school too. So I don't, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a cool idea, but yeah, he gets hurt. Yeah. Tears an ACL or something yeah, that, that could end very poorly. And you know, I, I guess too, Shannon's probably going to have a lot of questions to answer if that, that would happen. So it'd be very risky. It'd be interesting to try it. Um, it would, but um, then going back with Mac Jones, we were saying um, about, you know, kind of him and Tua, um, you know, I think the only way he could kind of be a top five quarterback, if he's able to do what Brady can, and, and you know, obviously I haven't seen him, you know, if he yeah, can be like Brady can and do it the pre, with the pre-snap. Brady is, and, Brady is unreal yeah. pre-snap though, unreal pre-snap, not even close. I mean, I know Mac Jones is smart. He's not even at this yeah, point, not even close to Brady's level pre-snap. And it's going to be hard for him to end up being that way because I think he's going to lose some confidence because he's going to struggle early. I mean, with with the offensive line bit play being the way it is in the NFL, he's going to struggle early. I just, I think, you know, in the right situation, he could be a top 15 quarterback. But if he doesn't get in the right situation, he's going to struggle. Yeah, I could see that. And I wasn't trying to compare him to Brady right now. Oh, no, 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 like, no, I know. I don't know. know. Okay. Because I don't know if we'll ever see anybody have the, have the mind like Tom Brady does. But I'm saying if there was, you know, if he somehow could, I could see him succeeding and being a top of line quarterback. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's the only way he could probably become a top five quarterback in this league is if, you know, I think that's the only way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. His his mind is going to survive this league now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You made a good point. Yeah. You you, you cut out a little bit there, but I know what you said. You know, unmobile. The only way unmobile quarterbacks are going to succeed is that they're so good pre-snap that they have to be. Really, really good pre-snap because you just can't rely on even in Eli Manning's prime when he had a pretty good offensive line. You can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't rely on the offensive line being great. You got to be so good pre-snap where you're able to, you know, read read defenses, you know, able to set protections, you know, make sure guys pick up blitzes. You got to be, you got to be that way to be successful if you're not a mobile quarterback. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's that. It's kind of that. Shane, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. Definitely, because with these new kind of yeah, with the line, you know, offensive line, yeah, it's so important to me. I, you know, I, again, I still think it's the important aspect of the game. But yeah, you see all these top of the guys. I know Trevor Lawrence not the most mobile, but he can run. We'll see. Yeah, can absolutely. Kind of do it. So yeah, yeah, these all top of the line quarterbacks now they can run and they could all hurt you with their legs. And then too, because it's like you have to put a spy on them and it takes a defender away and it's you're playing eleven on ten now. So exactly, yeah. You know, coaches kind of love that. Exactly. And Jace made a good point here. Whoever the Niners pick with Jimmy G's injury history will probably get some starts. It's a really good point, Jace made. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the 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 only year Jimmy G was healthy was the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you see whoever, if it's Mac Jones, if it's Justin Fields, if it is Trey Lance, whoever they pick to see them get game time because Garoppolo, the big reason why the Niners are moving on from Garoppolo, they're not moving on from Garoppolo because he's not a good, because he's not a good quarterback. They're moving on from Garoppolo because he gets hurt too much. Yeah, and – you know, we saw it last year. It's tough to win in this league. We don't have a quarterback, especially in the NFC West. You can't, you know, it, again, with the Cardinals now, with the Rams, Seahawks, you can't really, you know, with a, with a backup quarterback, you're not winning that division. You got no chance. You got no chance to even try to win a wild card. You get a wild card spot. So, yeah, you, you have to have a healthy quarterback to somewhat stay in that division. And, you know, they, they need, you know, you need, you need your quarterback available. And, unfortunately, Jimmy G just has not been able to do that. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, that's been the case for, for Garoppolo so far. 
But we got to talk about a quarterback that called it quits uh, this week, and that's that's Alex Smith. And he had a re- I wouldn't say a great career, but he had a really good career. I mean, obviously, at the beginning of his career with all the offensive coordinators, he had all the coaching issues in San Francisco. It hurt him at the beginning. But once Jim Harbaugh came, he had a really good year in 2011. Yes, Jay says it, Utah mm-hmm. product. Yes, I remember Urban Meyer and, and Utah in, 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 in 2004. He was on that Utah team in, in 04. Yes, I remember that. Uh, they, they they went to a bowl game too. I remember. I think they went to. A, I think they won the they won the Fiesta Bowl. I think that year. Oh, Fiesta. They beat Pitt in the Fiesta yeah. Bowl. That hey, year. I know they beat Pitt. Okay. Beat Pitt in yeah. the Fiesta Bowls. Yeah, yeah. He was on that team with Urban Meyer. I think that team went undefeated. I'm pretty sure that yeah, team went did. undefeated. That team went undefeated with Alex Smith, number one overall pick by the 49ers. I mean, hate to say the 49ers probably wish they took Aaron Rodgers that number one overall pick, but still, number one overall pick. You know, remember that 2011 season too when Jim Harbaugh came. He had a really good year that year, led the Niners to the NFC Championship game. I mean, if it wasn't for Kyle Williams, he very easily could have been in the Super Bowl. Next year, Niners were 6-2, and two, uh, and then uh, and then then he got hurt, and Colin Kaepernick played well, and unfortunately lost his job to Colin Kaepernick. Went to Kansas City, did a really good job in Kansas City. I mean, four straight winning seasons, three playoff appearances, had, had, uh, had one playoff win, uh, uh, but... After that playoff game against the against the Steelers, where they lost, and the Steelers didn't even score a touchdown, they kicked six field goals to knock them out of the playoffs. You know, Kansas City thought, you know what, this guy is probably, I and mean, he's a good quarterback, but he's not good enough. They went out and got Patrick Mahomes, so he unfortunately lost his job there. And then, you know, really where you really admired, really admired him was was once he went to Washington, went six and three, and then obviously the big injury when he broke when he broke his when he when he shattered his leg. I mean, just a scary, scary injury. But what he did this year to come back from that injury was why even him taking a snap, he was comeback player of the year this year. The guy was tough. The guy was resilient. The guy was a really good quarterback in this league. Not a Hall of Famer, but a really good quarterback in this league and had a really good career in this league. Yeah, he did. He had a really good career. Yeah, obviously, it was a tough start in San Francisco. You know, yeah. You know, with all the coaching changes, found something in Kansas City and, you know, but um, for, for a little bit. Yeah, you know what what he did at with the Washington football team last year to come back from what he did, you know, from that leg injury, um, it, it's just impressive. And I, I, you know, I've, I've said it, you know, multiple times. We talked about it. I can't imagine. I would not be able to step back on the field ever. Um, but you know, and to get this, and I know they were seven and nine, but still to get this team to a wild card, to actually win the division, um, to help the team win the division. I know he got hurt. You know, he didn't play towards the, you know, in the playoff game, but. Um, it, it was still, it was still really, really impressive. Definitely comeback play of the year. You know, didn't matter if he, yeah, didn't take a snap. You know, it, it, again, he, he deserved it. Um, yeah, guy, had a really good career. Again, really seemed like a really, really good guy. Um, and yeah, you know, it, again, we thought this was going to happen probably a few years ago to be able to step on the field and he, and he did all he could, you know, he played pretty well in the games he played, you know, like, again, yeah, obviously not like an MVP or anything, but for what he went through to play the way he did, you know, uh, kudos to him. And, yeah, he had a really, really solid career in the NFL. He absolutely did. He absolutely did. We've got one more story in the NFL, and that's Mike Tomlin getting a contract extension, three-year contract extension. He'll be the Steelers coach. He's, he signed out uh, until the 2024 season. And uh, let's, be, let's, be, let's be honest, he's a great coach, and he, he deserves it. I mean, you saw what he did last year without – he's eight. I started to say he's 18-15 and 15 without Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he went 8-8 eight and eight without Big Ben last year. So he did a, he did a great job last year. With ben, this year he did a good job going 12-4. and four. So really, without great quarterback play, this guy's winning games. This guy's one of the top coaches in the league. He's going to have to find his next quarterback because Big Ben – I would have moved on from Big Ben this year, but I think Big Ben's done. 
but he's, he's, he's a great coach in this league, and this is the Steelers, and it's amazing with the Steelers. Three since 1967, they've had three coaches. It's insane. That's 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 this organization and consistency and just trusting your guy, you know, to, and just being able to find, you know, head coach. Um, it's you know, to have three coaches like that, you know, since 1967, it's insane. But yeah, you know, he's a guy too. He, he's had three and eight, eight, three, eight and eight years, but he's never had a losing record. Again, he's just it's been consistency and. You know, he's got the Ravens at the vision. The Bengals are good for, you know, for a few years under Marvin Lewis. He, you know, he's he's done a good job with the Steelers team. And, yeah, last year was remarkable. They, they somehow go with that team with 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, That defense is incredible. His defenses are, are always so good. That's always, you know, um, why – big reason why they don't need really a great quarterback. His defenses just reload year after year. They're Again, they had a year or two where they really struggled, but it's, it's like then they found it again. Um, but, yeah, you know – Good decision by the Steelers. Another, you know, really good year. I know it didn't end the way Steelers fans thought it was an end, but yeah, you know, he, he deserved the contract extension. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So Gonzaga landed the top recruit in the country, but. Before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. So Gonzaga yesterday signed the top recruit in the country, Chet Holmgren, big 7-1 center. I think, you know, they're going to be probably losing Drew Timmy. They're probably going to lose uh, Corey Kispert. And, and we know they're losing Jalen Suggs. He declared for the draft. So, Justin, the big question is, is, with this, with this kid, with this freshman, can Gonzaga get back to the Final Four next year with this guy? I, I know they really win a lot. Of, I think I know they win a lot of games. Yeah. I think there's a good chance. I, the rumblings I've heard is Timmy may actually come back. Oh, really? Year. Really? Really? Yeah, I think Kispert's gone, but it sounds like Timmy. They're talking like it's gonna be Timmy and uh, Holgren in, in the front court. So, uh, what what I've heard so far, but I think he can. What I've read about this guy, I've, I've seen a, I've seen like 10 minutes. He had one of his games on ESPN. I watched a little bit of it. Um, his comparisons, like, is Anthony Davis. He's, you know, I think he's a better ball handler than Davis is. He's a 7-1. He can play point guard. And wow, wow, that's not, yeah. that's going to be unstoppable next year. 7-1 yeah. and can play point guard? Imagine yeah. him penetrating and getting to the basket, penetrating, yeah. and then even him and then, then taking it to the hoop. Oh, man, that's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they say um, that Jokic, Jokic 2.0. That, Jokic, good, good, very good comparison, Jason, there. Jokic 2.0, yeah, yes. yes. Um, but they say he's not the, you know, recruiting is say he's not the best prospect we've ever seen, but he's the most unique of, you know, being 7-1. He could play the point guard. He's a really good perimeter defender. He could play perimeter on the offensive side of the ball, too. Um, he's got to get stronger, which I think, you know, he'll be able to do um, at Gonzaga to, Get into a pro, you know. I mean, he'll he'll, he'll he'll play one year. He's going. He's oh, going yeah. to be probably oh, the number yeah. one pick in the NBA draft after 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 in 2022. Oh yeah, totally. I'm just you know for eight months to be a Gonzaga just to you know 
try to get bigger, you know, again, he's only he's 17, 18, too. So it's, it's obviously his body's still, you know, developing himself, you know, uh, but they say he's the best shot blocker in the country. He's the, he, he's the best shot blocker they've ever seen at, at the high school level. Um, he's his offensive side too a, a, of ball. He's still a little bit raw. He's better. Um, his defense is more complete right now than his offensive side of the ball. And that's kind of the scary thing. He can kind of do it all defensively. He's kind of a nightmare because he can, he, you know, um, it'll be interesting next year in the NBA, you know, it, you know, everything I hear, he gets a bit quicker. He could be um, a really tough guy to, um, you know, to go up against. Cause if he can guard the way seven, seven foot one, um, you know, you're not gonna be able to get many shots over him. So he's got, um, he, he's going to be fun to watch next year. Gonzaga. It was kind of for a while, it, you know, it was the writing on the wall is going to Gonzaga here. But again, they say he's got upside too. still. he's not done. He's still got some potential. Um, so this kid's going to be really good. I think they can make a run. Um, obviously, I know they play in the West Coast Conference. They'll make a run. I, I could I could very well see them making a run. If Timmy comes back, Suggs is gone. They have another solid class coming in. Um, I can't remember. I know it's updated. I think they're in the top 10 now, but. I think Gonzaga's going to reload, and they'll be back. I, I'd be shocked if not a one seed. Yeah, of course they'll be a one seed because the conference yeah. they play in is absolutely terrible. So, of course, they'll be a one seed. But the question is going to be is what will they do in the NCAA tournament, and can they win a national championship? That's the question. Yeah, you know, Chet Holger may be the best player in the country. Again, it's way too early to tell. Again, I don't I – don't, but he's going to be one of the top players, obviously. Um, he's probably going to be the number one pick, as you mentioned. He'd probably, I'd be shocked if he's not. Um, but, again, who knows – you know, year from now, what happens? But I, I again, you know, always depends on the bracket, how it shakes out, yeah, exactly. matchups. Yep. So, um, again, they, I, I think, you know, with everything I've heard, again, I don't know what Gonzaga's not conference schedule is like. Again, if they could get some, I, I assume they have some top of the line teams that they're, they're going to face in November, December, which will help them. I think they can make a run in the final four. I know people are talking, oh, you know, Gonzaga, UCLA next year in the national championship game. I think UCLA is a little bit overrated at the moment because of what they did. But, you know, I, I, I with adding him, I, I think, you know, you're going to have the best player in the country, I believe. I think he, Chad Holgram will be. I, I'd i be shocked if they don't make a Final Four. But, again, I you know, you, you I just it's way too early to tell matchups, other teams. So, But I, I'd be shocked. I think this team's a Final Four team next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with Gonzaga. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. But we got to wrap up the show talking about a Connecticut uh, legend, Jen Rosati, uh, point guard of the UConn Huskies from uh, 1992 to 1996, a part of that 1995 championship team. But most notably, she was the head coach of the University of Hartford from 2002 to 2006, won the American East title in 2002, 2004, 2005, 2008, and 2011. So five-time Five-time America East uh, Conference Championship uh, head coach. Went to George Washington. Unfortunately, she was fired uh, this year. But she just gets hired. She just has been hired as the Connecticut Sun, the president of the Connecticut Sun. So I think it's a great great move for the Connecticut Sun, bringing in Jen Rosati. She's got a great eye for talent. She did a great job recruiting at, at the University of Hartford. Led them to five uh Five conference championships, five conference championships, American East Conference championships, six uh, NCAA tournaments. So she's got a great eye for talent. I think this is a great move for the Connecticut Sun to have someone local uh, being in their front office. Yeah, you know, yeah, this is a great move. Um, yeah, she's talented. You know, yeah, part of that first 95, that first national championship. With Rebecca Lobo. You know, 
Yep, the Lobo. Um, yeah, I think this is a good move for the Sonics. Not last year. I know the year before they were the WNBA Finals. You know, uh, I think they probably have some talent again this year. So I think it's a, a really good move. You know, um, you know, yeah, local talent kind of excites kind of the you know for the Connecticut Sun to have your president kind of be a star in Connecticut. You know, good to see her. Yeah, you know, didn't work at George Washington. Um, gets another shot now with the Connecticut Sun. So okay, good for her, and you know, I think she'll do great things with the CT Sun. She absolutely will. She absolutely will. So that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with RNJ. For Jace Garcia, our producer, did a great job. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week with our 2021 NFL mock draft. So make sure you tune in for that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hi, my name is Zach LaPlante. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinion and share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality. And their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, Go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.